Good morning, Shaw Church. My name is Sam. I'm the associate pastor with Brett and the rest of the team at Christ City, and it's my joy to open up God's Word with you this morning. Today, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. So if, you're, so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30, starting from verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord God, many of us, we come to you this morning having had different types of weeks, but all of us in need of your rest. Lord, you are gentle and lowly at heart. And so we pray that this morning you'd refresh our souls from your word through your spirit for your namesake. Amen. So, I've got two young boys and I was there for both their births. And I don't know how it is for other kids, but my boys did not seem happy to be out in the real world. From the moment they came out, they were just screaming while I cut the umbilical cord, still screaming while, while, while they were being weighed and cleaned and suctioned and whatever else it is that the nurse does in the corner of the room, still screaming. But then something magical happens. You put them on their mother's chest for the first time and the screaming stops. Complete silence. The, sc the screaming stops because of the security of their mother's warmth, the reassuring sound of her familiar heartbeat. They're, in that moment, the screaming stops because they're completely at rest in peace, contentment, and security in the arms of the only one who matters. And in that moment, they just know that everything's going to be okay. Isn't that the kind of rest we're all searching for? And that's a glimpse of the rest that Jesus is talking about in our passage for this morning. Look at me again at verses 28 to 29. From verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The rest Jesus is talking about here is spiritual rest. Rest for your souls, Jesus says. It's a rest that's not about the absence of activity, but rather the presence of peace, contentment, and security in God, knowing that everything's going to be okay because we're in the arms of the only one who matters, the one whose embrace we were created for. It's a rest that we're all searching for because it's the rest we were all created for. As a theologian, Augustine once wrote, our hearts are restless until we find rest in God. 
And I don't know about you, but every day I'm reminded again and again of the restlessness and weariness of my own heart and my need for rest from God. Weariness from this pandemic, frustration with the restrictions, loneliness from isolation, uncertainty about the future, worries about my family and friends, and stress from the problems that I face at work and at home. And I don't think I'm the only one. Life is often exhausting enough on its own, let alone being in the 15th month of a pandemic. So in this season of what has been almost unprecedented weariness and burden for many of us, we're going to be learning about Jesus' promise of spiritual rest for our souls. We're going to be trying to answer two questions. Who is it for and how do we get it? Who is spiritual rest for and how do we get it? So first, who is spiritual rest for? The answer is this, it's for everyone who's laboring under the burden of maintaining an identity apart from God. Let me say that again, it's for everyone who's laboring under the burden of maintaining an identity apart from God. Look again with me at verse 28. Jesus is calling all who labor and are heavy laden. You know, when we look at the broader context of this passage in Matthew, we see that Jesus is calling all those who are under the yoke of the law. The yoke was what they hitched on to animals to pull a load. And Jesus is using this metaphor to describe the burden of someone who's carrying the load, not a physical load, but the load of the never-ending list of do's and don'ts they have to follow to maintain their identity, their Jewish identity. If they wanted to be Jewish, if they wanted to maintain their identity as a special race chosen by God, they had to abide by the rules. We learn more about the burden of these rules further on in, in Matthew 23 verse 4. In 23 verse 4, Jesus is describing the scribes and Pharisees as tying up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and laying them on people's shoulders. You see, what was happening was the religious leaders were putting on the shoulders of the people huge loads that were far too heavy for anyone to bear. Not just rules, but then rules about the rules, and then rules about the rules about the rules. And then Jesus, so Jesus is saying here that this heavy burden, this yoke of rule-keeping to maintain their Jewish identity, of laboring to keep rule after rule after rule, was leaving them weary and heavy laden. And even though many of us at least aren't Jews following religious rules to maintain our identity, aren't we all weary and heavy laden? Don't we all burden ourselves with a yoke of rules that we base our identity on? a yoke of rules that we can't bear. Our weariness and restlessness reveals idols in our hearts. Idols being, as Bragg Bigney puts it, anything or anyone that captures our hearts, our minds, and our affections more than God. You see, each of us have created a yoke of rules to serve those idols, thinking that these idols will give us what we're looking for, what we want, what we crave. And then we get burdened and weary because we are depending on them to give us what only God can give. For myself personally, two idols that I struggle with are the idols of performance and affirmation from others. 
See, I want to be the guy who's the overachiever, always productive, who everyone thinks well of. And actually, you know, it's, it's good. It's, in fact, it's biblical to want to do well and to want to be in good standing with others. But this is the problem. The problem is when these idols creep in and become part of my identity. What I often end up doing is I end up creating a yoke of rules for myself that I need to follow to, to feed these idols, to maintain this identity that I want. A yoke of rules like my GPA at school, my salary at work, the number of hours I work, the kind of job that I hold, how well things are going on at home. Maybe for you, your idols are different, built around a different identity, being the popular one, the beautiful one, the clever one, the friendly one, the fun one, the confident one, the one who always has it together, the one who doesn't care if you don't have it together. Perhaps some of us may even have the idol of freedom. We worship the notion of freedom so much that our desire for freedom becomes a yoke that ends up burdening and trapping us. The point here is that whatever the identity, any identity outside of Christ burdens us with a yoke of rules. A yoke of rules that will leave our souls burdened and weary and heavy laden because that's not what we were created for. Let's be honest, there's no denying that at first, there's this thrill of managing to keep the, satis of, to, of managing to keep the rules, the satisfaction of getting that identity we've always craved for. But then over time, we slowly begin to feel that burden of that yoke weighing on us more and more as we constantly try to maintain or upgrade our identity or even as we compare ourselves with others. And then as COVID comes along, now that burden gets that much heavier as you try to maintain that identity while struggling with the extra weight of restrictions and worries and isolation. You know, we may be tempted just to want to wait until the restrictions are gone, but then we would have missed the point. The point is this, that Jesus' invitation to spiritual rest is an invitation to all of us because outside of Christ, we'll all be weary and heavy laden, COVID or no COVID, restrictions or no restrictions. Outside of Christ, we're all in a fruitless quest for peace, contentment, and security. So the spiritual rest is for all of us. How do we get this spiritual rest? Well, what do you do to try and get rest? Many of us like to go on vacation, Around the world, people have been so desperate for a vacation that they've been buying tickets for cruises and flights to nowhere. If you don't know what that is, it's exactly how it sounds. You buy the ticket, you go through security, you wait at the gate, you board the cruise or the aircraft, you depart, and then you arrive right back at the same place that you started. See, Jesus is teaching us that trying to escape from reality isn't true rest because there's another way. Jesus teaches us that we receive spiritual rest from our relationship with Him by relying on His revelation. I'll say that again, we can only receive spiritual rest from our relationship with Christ by relying on His revelation. It's not about taking a break from work and responsibilities. It's not about running away from reality. It's not even just a matter of mind over matter. It's not a what, it's a who a relationship with Christ Jesus, relying completely, wholly, utterly on His revelation. 
You know, preparing for this sermon, going through this passage has been so convicting for me personally. Because when my spirit is weary, my tendency is to turn in on myself and to focus on what I feel like doing, what I think will give me rest, rather than turning to God. For the rest of our time, we're going to be unpacking these two keys to spiritual rest, relationship and revelation. Relationship and revelation. So first, relationship. We receive spiritual rest from our relationship with Christ. You know, there's been a growing tendency for people to identify as being spiritual but not being interested in God. One prominent atheist has even written a book about searching for spirituality apart from God. You know, Jesus teaches us in our passage, passage that that's impossible. We can't separate spirituality from God because spiritual rest is not something we achieve or discover for ourselves. It's something we receive from Christ in our relationship with Him. You know, look at our passage again. Our whole passage is really built on relational language. Verses 25 to 27 is the relational language between father and son as Jesus addresses His Father directly. And then when Jesus addresses all of us in verse 28, He's inviting all of us to a relationship with Him. Look with me at verse 28 of of chapter 11. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, we can't search for spiritual rest apart from God. We can't cut Christ out of our quest for rest because it's precisely from Christ that we receive rest for our souls. It's not a do, but a who. Rest is not something we can work to earn. It's something we receive from Christ as a gift of grace because of His finished work on the cross on our behalf. But, as some of you may have noticed in our passage already, our relationship with Christ is not a relationship where we can do whatever we want. There are rules in this relationship, just as there are rules in any relationship that wants to flourish. Parent, child, husband, wife, teacher, student, between friends, colleagues, classmates, all relationships need rules to flourish. And so what are the rules for our relationship with Christ? Verse 28, we need to go to Him. Verse 29, we take His yoke upon ourselves and we learn from Him. To take Christ's yoke means to live in submission under His authority. Learning from Him means being His disciple, not just learning head knowledge, but coming to model our whole lives after Christ's teaching and example. In, In a world that tends to reject authority and idolize individual freedom, we need to know that this is radically countercultural. Jesus is saying that the path to spiritual rest is not turning in on myself and following my own heart, but turning to God and following Him. Scholar Jonathan Pennington describes our submission to Christ as like the feathers on a bird. They do weigh something, but it's the feathers that enable the bird to fly. You see, what what this shows is that we were created for a yoke. And so if we don't put on Christ's yoke, we'll just end up with another yoke. Everyone has a yoke. It's just a matter of whether it's Christ's yoke or our own. 
the weariness and burden we feel in our souls, is a call for us to ask God to help shine a light on the corners of our hearts, that we may examine ourselves to see if we have exchanged Christ's yoke for something else. Because until we put on Christ's easy yoke and light burden, we'll go through life weary and heavy laden by yokes we were not created to bear. In a post-Christian world, people may say, that sounds good in theory, but in, but in practice, God and religion has left me more weary and heavy laden than ever. And, and if this is you, could I just please say this morning, I'm sorry for what has happened. And that's not how it's supposed to be. If you're angry and bitter at God for giving you a suffocating burden of legalism, know that Jesus' fiercest anger in the Gospels was directed at those who suffocated His sheep with heavy burdens that were too heavy for them to bear. One way this happens, and religion leaves us weary and heavy laden, is when we see only rules rather than the beauty of the one we're in relationship with. For myself as a parent, rather than just giving my sons rules to obey, I need to focus on capturing their hearts so that they will want to submit to Christ out of love for Christ. As a church, we need to show how beautiful Christ is so that all of us would want nothing more than to submit to Him and learn from Him. Many who grew up in the church, including friends of my own, have left church weary and disillusioned because we, as a church, have often done a terrible job of showing how beautiful Christ is, while then going on to add on a bunch of rules that just aren't there. You know, this isn't to say that there aren't sacrifices that have to be made in following Christ. Submission means sacrifice, sometimes painful sacrifice. But joyful, heartfelt submission can only come when we love the one we are submitting to. Because we aren't following the demands of a dictator, we are submitting to a saviour. A saviour who is gentle and lowly, who sacrificed himself for us so that we may enjoy his rest. Look at how Jesus describes himself in verse 29. He says he's gentle and lowly in heart. You know, this, this sermon series is, is on God's heart for such a time as this. And so for such a time as this, when many of us are going through what may be unprecedented weariness and burden, behold the heart of our beautiful God. Christ's as heart, His essence, who He says He is, is gentle and lowly. You know, this description, lowly in heart, is an unexpected one. Because during Jesus' time, to be lowly in the heart was a description used mostly negatively to describe humiliation and shame, let alone the description of the God of the universe who created the universe, all of us and everything in it. You know, in, in a world full of self-promotion at the expense of others, pride instead of humility, quick to harsh and unkind speech, the beauty of our Saviour whose essence, who says His heart is self-sacrificing, gentle and lowly at heart. This Saviour ought to shine brightest and most attractive in the darkness of this world. When we see how beautiful Christ is, when we've tasted of His goodness, our Saviour who gave up 
His life for us so that we may have the peace, contentment, and security of His glorious rest. We would actually want nothing more than to follow Him, to put ourselves under His loving, gentle authority and to follow in His footsteps. So when we receive, so we receive spiritual rest from our relationship with our gentle and lowly Saviour, taking on His light yoke and easy burden. The way we enter this relationship is by relying on His revelation. You know, I, I had a friend who graduated from an Ivy League school with a perfect GPA, the whole three years with perfect grades. And I was when I was talking about it, I, he was telling me how stressful this entire time was, especially in the final year, the burden of knowing that one wrong move and he'll lose perfection forever. And he had no one to rely on but himself. Isn't that how we all feel about our relationship with God sometimes? Maybe even all the time. Whether it's to earn or maintain our relationship with Him, we sometimes feel like we're on a treadmill of rule-keeping that we can't keep up with. But we feel like that because that's not how it's supposed to be. We receive spiritual rest from our relationship with Christ by relying completely on, our, on the revelation of Christ. We take on Christ's yoke in response to our relationship, not to earn or to keep it. Look at verses 25 to 27 again of chapter 11. Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. You see, revelation is at the heart of our relationship with God. No amount of studying or intelligence or rule-keeping will establish a relationship with God for us. No, we are utterly reliant on God's self-revelation through Christ, and therein lies the secret to spiritual rest. It's not about vacations or sabbaticals or meditation. It's about resting completely in Christ's revelation and finished work on the cross, submitting to His loving Lordship over our lives. We've heard, we've heard this all before, haven't we? Another word for that is faith. We don't submit to Christ in order to have a relationship with Him. We respond to His revelation by embracing a relationship of complete dependence and submission to our gentle and lowly Saviour. Has this season left you weary and heavy laden, empty and feeling like you've just got nothing else to give? Behold our gentle and lowly Saviour who calls you to go to Him like a newborn in your Father's arms, like a newborn with nothing but complete dependence on Him. He calls you to take up His easy yoke and light burden, to receive from Him rest for your soul, the peace, contentment, and security of being in the, in the arms of the only one who matters. Because we can rest assured in the knowledge that everything's going to be okay because our rest, Shaw Church, rests in Christ.
Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we do not deserve any of this. We, ex- we have exchanged your truth for our lie. We worship created things instead of you, our Creator. We burden ourselves with yokes of our own making, identities that offend you, but yet, out of your sheer grace, you sent Christ to die on the cross for us, that we may come to Him, all of us who are weary and heavy laden, that we may receive His glorious eternal rest. Lord, we do not deserve, but yet you have given this to us. I pray for all my brothers and sisters that we may today have our hearts softened, our loves reoriented, our eyes opened to see how beautiful you are because you are gentle and lowly in heart. I pray that from this we will want nothing more than to follow you all the days of our lives. We thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.